Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And as usual, it's me, Deborah Wolf. I'm the host of this show. And I'm coming to you from our busy boarding kennel up at Camp Good Dog, where there's five acres of pond and rivers and spring-fed pond and a forest and meadows and all kinds of places for dogs to run and play and dig and chase and wrestle. But sometimes with that comes injuries. Sometimes injuries come from other things, too. Sometimes getting over... Surgery, sometimes car accident, sometimes lack of exercise, perhaps. But um, for whatever reason, dogs sometimes need massage, too. And that's why we've got Sue Furman, Dr. Sue Furman, coming to talk with us today about holistic touch therapy. And if you think this is hokey, well, forget that. 40 years on the faculty, of, uh, including the University of Maryland School of Medicine, Colorado State University, College of Veterinary Medicine and Biological Sciences. So we're talking to an expert on the subject of canine anatomy. Welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you. I really appreciate chatting with you. It's good to have you on because I think sometimes we hear about these things like aromatherapy or acupressure or acupuncture or massage for dogs and people tend to roll their eyes and think like, give me a break. Why would a dog need that? So why would a dog need that? Well, there are lots of reasons, and we find that um, it encourages better health and healing in a dog, and it doesn't really matter what the dog's age is or his specific health condition. I know that I have three definite couch potatoes, and um, they're Irish wolfhounds. Because they aren't as active as they were when they were younger, uh, they need massage to just keep them fit, keep their muscles, you know, on tuned up, shall we say. Uh, so couch potatoes... Well, they're, they're sort of... They're sort of built like NBA players. They're so long and tall. I can just imagine getting up and down is a bit of a chore. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, my, my one boy, Banjo, weighs 165 pounds, and he is <laughs> not a fat dog. He, he no, well, they're the, tall, they're the tall dogs of the world. I mean, you, you chose tall. So that comes with some issues. But, I mean, even the little ones, I think, can benefit from massage. Oh, yes. Uh, my first dog was a, a, a chihuahua, and little toy dogs can benefit just as much. And so can dogs that are competitors. Those dogs that are out in the agility ring, for instance, sometimes they'll hurt themselves or just need to be kept fit so they can compete. Um, working dogs, like police dogs and seeing eye dogs, uh, you can energize those and get them going. And then, like you said, there are dogs that get injured or are sick, and they can be comforted and really encouraged uh, by canine massage. And you can take an abused dog or a neglected dog. We see a lot of those in some of the shelters. And 
Massage really brings them out and makes them much more adoptable. So there are just lots of reasons and to massage a dog, and almost any dog that you find is going to like to be massaged once they understand what it's all about. When I'm dealing with a, a whelping female, a, a mama dog about to have puppies, if I'm dealing with a German Shepherd or Golden Retriever, Golden Doodle, Standard Poodle, 60 pound dog, roughly, 50 pound dog, then I can use my hands to help the pups get born. But if I'm dealing with a chihuahua or something teeny tiny like that, I can only use the tips of my baby fingers. And I'm wondering how different is massage between the big, big dogs and the little dogs? Or are you able to adapt or is it, is it quite different? Oh, yes. The massage moves that we use uh, and that I teach on dogs are the same massage moves that uh, a human massage therapist would use on you if you went to get a massage. And what we find is for a big dog like my Irish Wolfhound, I might use my whole hand to do a massage move. For a little chihuahua, I might just use two fingers to do this, the very same move uh, on that little bitty puppy. But you can just adapt to the size of the dog by adapting the portion of the, your hand that you're using to apply the massage. You know, I've, I've long ago noticed that dogs tell you what pressure they want. They lean into you if they want it harder. They lean away if they want it softer. Is that true, too, when you're, when you're doing full-on massage like this? Oh, yes, it definitely is. And they really talk to you uh, in a lot of ways. If you're massaging a part of their body and it's feeling maybe you don't realize it, but it's feeling especially good to them, if you start to move on, they may pick up their head and give you a look like, hold on a minute, <laughs> come back and do that some more. Or if you get to a place where maybe it's getting a little uncomfortable because that muscle is sore, they'll tell you that too. And you just have to listen to that their body language and they will talk to you and tell you just what they want, what feels good, what is too much, what's not enough. They're very communicative if you just pay attention. Yeah, I find that too. I, have you tried this on cats at all, or is this just dogs? Oh, yeah. No, I've done it on cats and also on horses. Um, cats are more, it's more the personality of the cat. Some cats love massage. I've had cats in the past that love massage. Other cats just aren't into being handled much, and cats have a little bit different personality sometimes than dogs. And, but the massage itself works if the cat is agreeable. You know, for people who are still listening, thinking, I can't believe they're talking about massaging my animals. I can't afford to massage myself. Well, think about this. How often are you actually stroking or petting your dog or cat while you're watching TV or hanging out? How often are you doing it without the therapy? I mean, you may as well tweak it a little bit and give them the therapy because you're going to be petting them anyway. And the fact of it is when you look at them with full-on eye contact and you touch them, you are getting a perk. You're getting good health. You're getting all kinds of benefits health-wise. You're getting all kinds of feel-good hormones in your bloodstream, and you're going to live longer, be healthier just for doing that. So why not give them a perk to it? Actually, they did some tests on this, and they found that dogs um, also get 
an uh, oxytocin burst that's that natural feel-good hormone that women have when they give birth. And it, they also get that when they look at us, when we love them and they love us and they engage in eye contact and touching. But oddly, uh, wolves don't. Even human-raised wolves, even tame wolves, they just don't. So I found that really odd and interesting. But when you pet your dog, you're getting a lot out of it. So why not give back? Uh, who, do, who do you mostly target these classes for? Who do you think would be an ideal candidate to take your canine massage? Well, there are two kind of two groups of people. There are folks who just really want to learn canine massage for their own dog, their, you know, their own pet. And I call those pet lovers classes. They're shorter. They don't go into as much detail, but they do teach the basics of massage. A person may have an arthritic dog or, you know, some older dog that they just want to keep tuned up, shall we say. Um, and then I teach classes that are much more in-depth uh, for people who actually want to start a business and become a certified canine massage practitioner. Um, okay, Sue, well, you know what? We're going to come back after the break and tell people more about that. If you think you might be into this, this could be a good living for you. Maybe this is something you want to do for your community and help all the animals and the people you know with animals. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about this with Dr. Sue Furman on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy, and I love you. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. No more fleas and no more ticks with the No More Tick Spray. All natural, non-toxic, and even safe enough for you to use on yourself. It smells great. You have to try it. It really works. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.nomoreticks.com. Once again, nomoreticks.com. Your pet will love you for it. Go to nomorticks.com. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H dot com. I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy. and I love you. Hello, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. With me, Deb Wolf, coming to you from Camp Good Dog, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. But not all of you can get here or send your dogs here. So check us out on Facebook or go to DebraWolfOnline.com where you can find everything. And I'm upgrading and updating my site, and pretty soon I'm going to have a teaser there for you all. Yes, I am, and I'm going to be offering all kinds of things like my books on eBooks and my DVD on a download. And maybe courses like Sue's, because we're going to find out about that. Just because you may not live where 
Dr. Furman lives doesn't mean you can't get her class. And you know what, uh, Dr. Furman, years and years ago, I took a class by Linda Tellington-Jones on T-Touch and uh, came with a video and you, you a whole bunch of things. And then she traveled here and taught like a weekend. And I learned so much from that. I would really be interested in updating because that's a couple of decades ago. There must be so much new information. Oh, there is. And what you've learned is anytime you put your hands on a dog and just to pet them, you're actually interacting with that dog. And I always say, you learn canine massage, then you can pet with a purpose. And that's what massage is all about. And you're learning so much more about how to help that dog be the best dog it can, the healthiest, happiest, most uh, fit dog that it can be. So if people are listening, and they are, all over North America, uh, there's listeners worldwide, England, Japan, Korea, all kinds of places, how can they learn canine massage from you? Okay, if they go to my website, which is www.holistictouchtherapy.com, they can sign up for my classes there. And the, the classes I teach that are not in on in-person classes, they're online classes, and they consist of about 50-minute PowerPoint lectures um, where I'm explaining uh, what's on every slide that's available and uh, telling the students how to do various things. I teach, I teach a little bit about King on Anatomy and Physiology and the benefits of massage. Then I describe the Swedish massage moves, and there's a video clip of every one of those massage moves that they can play over and over so they can practice that massage move watching me do it, and they can do it on their own dog at their own home. And uh, Okay, so I when I go get a massage for myself, I don't just go to a, a place with a sign out that says massage parlor. I'm not that trusting a person. If I was going to go for a massage because, you know, I've got that usual tennis elbow, which I like to call heel walk elbow because it's all about making the dog's heel over and over and over. <laughs> if I have that problem, then um, I go to a registered massage therapist. I don't want to get into somebody who thinks they know what they're doing and maybe causes damage or worse, something completely not therapeutic and perhaps more for entertainment purposes. So I want to go where there's a registered massage therapist. If someone doesn't necessarily want to do it themselves, but they want to get treatment, um, how can they do that? And, and how, what's the difference between a certified massage practitioner for canines and just somebody who says they, they know you, they can read your dog's mind and heal him? Because I well, meet those people, I do, I meet those people at the pet shows. They tell you that oh. your dog's dead and he's communicating with them. Meantime, he's at home or in the car and, you, you know, you just saw him 10 minutes ago. <laughs> They're so wrong. So, yeah, and then they want to put their hands on your dog and heal him and you don't know what kind of training they've got. No, if they're a certified canine massage practitioner, they should have a certificate that they can show you from a school like mine, and there are a couple others available, but they should definitely be, have a certification that, that, you know, that is real from a school, and you should be able to look the school up online. I mean, you, they can't, uh, can't just make up the name of something. You should be able to look whatever, wherever they thought, say they got their training. You should be able to find that online and know that they really know what they're doing. 
I noticed that there's um, two tiers here. So if someone wants to first learn how to give good massage to their pets and, you know, pet with a purpose, as you say, they can go to holistictouchtherapy.com and sign up for the course. Um, but what if they want to go one step further? What if they want to actually maybe make a career out of it, maybe teach other people how to do it? What, what could they do then? Well, then I have a much more involved program. Uh, it consists of 12 modules, and they have to not only watch my uh, PowerPoint lecture, they have a reading assignment out of my book, they have to take a test online that's immediately graded, and uh, it comes with a lot of handouts and other material. So they get a lot more in-depth learning. And then if they want to, they can even come to my facility for a one- or two-day hands-on class afterwards, you know, to kind of emphasize what they've learned. But I've had students, uh, two of my more recent students were from Singapore. Obviously, they can't come to my facility. Uh, So um, students from around the world can learn canine massage by taking these online classes and actually become certified canine massage practitioners if they desire. The first level, you said there were 50-minute PowerPoint lectures. How many of those are there? Well, if it's just a pet lover's class, there are like three or four. Uh, Okay. And the other level, there's 12. Yeah, to become a certified canine massage practitioner, there are 12. Okay. Well, that's so great. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more, discovering more. Maybe even connecting with you to make a special offer to my website visitors, because this sounds like something that a lot of uh, my followers would be quite interested in. There might be a way to figure something out. Oh, I'm sure if we sat down and talked about it, we could do that. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, everybody. So we've been talking to Dr. Sue Furman. If you want to find out more about holistic touch therapy, about massage for dogs, about becoming a certified canine massage practitioner, but why maybe it works, who it works on. Actually, we still have a little time in this segment. So um, what what kind of results have you seen? Go to holistictouchtherapy.com if you want to find out more, and I'll just finish up the interview asking Dr. Furman, what kind of good results have you seen? Oh, I've seen any number of uh, good results. From I was at a pet expo just a few weeks ago where a little dachshund was there who had problems walking and he was a rescue in a rescue group and they brought him over for me to evaluate. And it's interesting enough, uh, a student of mine and I worked on him and they were amazed that he was walking so much better than he when he just arrived. So Sometimes the results are almost immediate. You, you can start to see a difference. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Um, students, people uh, may be interested in just looking at one of my books or my DVD um, to learn a little bit more about canine massage on their own also. And those two are available on my website. Nice. Well, I've seen some great results. I've seen, um, and, and the thing that really makes me notice how the animal, you know, people always claim they know what the animal's thinking or feeling or wanting. But when you see a dog, a normal dog that's 
not used to going to the vet, wasn't sick much its whole life, and you have to drag it into the vet clinic. You have to drag it through the front door. And he just doesn't want to go there because that's what it's like most of the time it goes there. That happens a couple times. Then you get on a treatment like this, and that same dog is dragging you into the vet clinic for his treatment. You can't help but know he wants it, and it makes him feel better. So, I mean, it's dramatic. I, I've seen stuff like that because oftentimes I'm hired to take people's dogs for their treatments, pick them up, do things with them that maybe are difficult for the people. And this is the kind of thing I end up having to do. But you do see the dog. The dog will tell you if this is the right treatment. Oh, we only have a minute left. So, everybody, check out Dr. Furman. Uh, you can go to holistictouchtherapy.com to find out more about pet massage and start touching your pet with a purpose. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Sue Furman. Thank you for having me. I totally enjoyed it. And where are you located, just in case people do want to try and get there? I'm in Victoria, Texas. Texas. Oh, see, Victoria, I thought near me. No way. That's really far. Okay, it's everyone. Different Victoria. <laughs> yeah, different Victoria. Very different. I bet people make that mistake, have their honeymoon, end up in the wrong spot. All right, everyone. So check out holistictouchtherapy.com, and you can have Dr. Furman's amazing techniques in your home with your pets without traveling all right stay tuned to smart animal talk all past pet talk radio we'll be back in a moment hey pet lovers listen up per spray pet all natural non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems, proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to PurSprayPet.com. That's P-U-R SprayPet.com perspraypet.com or call us now at 386-310-3924 Scratch it Is your itchy dog allergy sad? Did you know that our dogs suffer from the same pollen, dust mite and mold allergies that we do? Now, veterinarian dermatologist Dr. Christian has formulated Doggy Goo. Doggy Goo is a peanut butter treat for your dog But Doggy Goo also sublingually builds tolerance to 10 pollens, 2 mites, and 3 molds 100% naturally. Try Doggy Goo. Your dog will Doggy Goo look it up. Call 855-246-2426. The number again is 855-246-2426. Or on the web, www.healthygoo.com. Goo spelled G-O-O. Scratch it. Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And as usual, it's me, Deborah Wolf. I'm the host of this show. And I'm coming to you from our busy boarding kennel up at Camp Good Dog, where there's five acres of 
pond and rivers and spring-fed pond and a forest and meadows and all kinds of places for dogs to run and play and dig and chase and wrestle. But sometimes with that comes injuries. Sometimes injuries come from other things, too. Sometimes getting over surgery. Sometimes car accident. Sometimes lack of exercise, perhaps. But um, for whatever reason, dogs sometimes need massage, too. And that's why we've got Sue Furman, Dr. Sue Furman, coming to talk with us today about holistic touch therapy. And if you think this is hokey, well, forget that. 40 years on the faculty, of, uh, including the University of Maryland School of Medicine, Colorado State University, College of Veterinary Medicine and Biological Sciences. So we're talking to an expert on the subject of canine anatomy. Welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you. I really appreciate chatting with you. It's good to have you on because I think sometimes we hear about these things like aromatherapy or acupressure or acupuncture or massage for dogs and people tend to roll their eyes and think like give me a break. Why would a dog need that? So why would a dog need that? Well there are lots of reasons and we find that um, it encourages better health and healing in a dog and it doesn't really matter what the dog's age is, or his specific health condition. I know that I have three definite couch potatoes and um, they're Irish wolfhounds. Because they aren't as active as they were when they were younger, uh, they need massage to just keep them fit, keep their muscles, you know, on tuned up, shall we say. Uh, so couch potatoes... Well, they're, they're sort of... They're sort of built like NBA players. They're so long and tall. I can just imagine getting up and down is a bit of a chore. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, my, my one boy, Banjo, weighs 165 pounds, and he is <laughs> not a fat dog. He, he no, well, they're the, tall, they're the tall dogs of the world. I mean, you, you chose tall. So that comes with some issues. But, I mean, even the little ones, I think, can benefit from massage. Oh, yes. Uh, my first dog was a, a, a chihuahua, and little toy dogs can benefit just as much. And so can dogs that are competitors, those dogs that are out in the agility ring, for instance. Sometimes they'll hurt themselves or just need to be kept fit so they can compete. Um, working dogs like police dogs and seeing eye dogs, uh, you can energize those and get them going. And then, like you said, there are dogs that get injured or are sick, and they can be comforted and really encouraged uh, by canine massage. And you can take an abused dog or a neglected dog. We see a lot of those in some of the shelters, and massage really brings them out and makes them much more adoptable. So there are just lots of reasons and to massage a dog, and almost any dog that you find is going to like to be massaged once they understand what it's all about. When I'm dealing with a, a whelping female, a, a mama dog about to have puppies, if I'm dealing with a German Shepherd or Golden Retriever, Golden Doodle, Standard Poodle, 60-pound dog roughly, 50-pound dog, then I can use my hands to help the pups get born. But if I'm dealing with a Chihuahua or something teeny tiny like that, I can only use the tips of my baby fingers. And I'm wondering, how different is massage 
between the big, big dogs and the little dogs? Or are you able to adapt, or is it, is it quite different? Oh, yes. The massage moves that we use uh, and that I teach on dogs are the same massage moves that uh, a human massage therapist would use on you if you went to get a massage. And what we find is for a big dog like my Irish Wolfhound, I might use my whole hand to do a massage move. For a little chihuahua, I might just use two fingers to do this, the very same move uh, on that little bitty puppy. But you can just adapt to the size of the dog by adapting the portion of the, your hand that you're using to apply the massage. You know, I've, I've long ago noticed that dogs tell you what pressure they want. They lean into you if they want it harder. They lean away if they want it softer. Is that true, too, when you're, when you're doing full-on massage like this? Oh, yes, it definitely is. And they really talk to you uh, in a lot of ways. If you're massaging a part of their body and it's feeling maybe you don't realize it, but it's feeling especially good to them, if you start to move on, they may pick up their head and give you a look like, hold on a minute, <laughs> come back and do that some more. Or if you get to a place where maybe it's getting a little uncomfortable because that muscle is sore, they'll tell you that too. And you just have to listen to that their body language and they will talk to you and tell you just what they want, what feels good, what is too much, what's not enough. They're very communicative if you just pay attention. Yeah, I find that, too. I, have you tried this on cats at all, or is this just dogs? Oh, yeah. No, I've done it on cats and also on horses. Um, cats are more, it's more the personality of the cat. Some cats love massage. I've had cats in the past that love massage. Other cats just aren't into being handled much, and cats have a little bit different personality sometimes than dogs. And, but the massage itself works if the cat is agreeable. You know, for people who are still listening, thinking, I can't believe they're talking about massaging my animals. I can't afford to massage myself. Well, think about this. How often are you actually stroking or petting your dog or cat while you're watching TV or hanging out? How often are you doing it without the therapy? I mean, you may as well tweak it a little bit and give them the therapy because you're going to be petting them anyway. And the fact of it is when you look at them with full-on eye contact and you touch them, you are getting a perk. You're getting good health. You're getting all kinds of benefits health-wise. You're getting all kinds of feel-good hormones in your bloodstream, and you're going to live longer, be healthier just for doing that. So why not give them a perk to it? Actually, they did some tests on this, and they found that dogs um, also get an uh, oxytocin burst that's that natural feel-good hormone that women have when they give birth. And it, they also get that when they look at us, when we love them and they love us and they engage in eye contact and touching. But oddly, uh, wolves don't. Even human-raised wolves, even tame wolves, they just don't. So I found that really odd and interesting. But when you pet your dog, you're getting a lot out of it. So why not give back? Uh, who, do, who do you mostly target these classes for? Who do you think would be an ideal candidate to take your canine massage? Well, there are two kind of two groups of people. There are folks who just really want to learn canine massage for their own dog, their, you know, their own pet. And I call those pet lovers classes. They're shorter. They don't go into as much detail, but they do teach the basics of massage uh, 
person may have an arthritic dog or, you know, some older dog that they just want to keep tuned up, shall we say. Um, and then I teach classes that are much more in-depth uh, for people who actually want to start a business and become a certified canine massage practitioner. Um, okay, Sue, well, you know what? We're going to come back after the break and tell people more about that. If you think you might be into this, this could be a good living for you. Maybe this is something you want to do for your community and help all the animals and the people you know with animals. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about this with Dr. Sue Furman on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy, and I love you. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Preen Pets, 100% natural dog treats made and sourced in the USA. Positively no chemicals and no additives. Treats, sticks, and bones made with chicken, fish, pork, turkey, beef, and vegetables. Wow, and vegetables. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.preenpets.com that is p-r-e-e-n-p-e-t-s dot com give your furry children the best nutrition for a long and healthy life go to preenpets.com your pets will love you for it hey pet lovers listen up Super Essentials, your pet's best friend. Super Essentials is an immune system builder for all the animals. 100% human-made ingredients and made in the USA. Promotes longevity, increases energy, builds healthy joints and strong bones. It builds a solid foundation for excellent health for dogs and cats. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.MotherEarthPet.com to learn so much more about this product. My producer uses it for his pets and for himself as well. That is MotherEarthPet.com. A happy pet is a healthy pet. The site again, www.MotherEarthPet.com. Talk All Paws Pet Talk Radio, which means you're listening to me, Deborah Wolf, and I'm a camp good dog, as usual, looking over a field of dogs, and one boy's humping another boy, and another boy's humping another boy, and the girl walking them keeps interfering with all that. But it does make you wonder whether so much dominance play, whether so much one-upmanship, and they're all having a good time. There's no real reason for it, except this is a group of under threes. And they like to know who's the strongest, who's the tallest, who's the biggest. Sort of like watching young boys play when they kind of punch each other's arms to see who can hit harder. It's kind of like that. But sometimes it gets misread. And I think a lot of times people don't know how to read dogs, don't know what's aggression, don't know how to be a strong leader. And um, we're talking with Karen Palmer today about some of these issues. So I understand that's the kind of thing you help people with. Yes, absolutely. It's all about, to me, um, helping to give clear direction to to your pups and um, 
really establishing yourself as the food source and as the loving leader. I kind of look at it as being like the mama dog, you know, having that respect, having that kind of looking up, okay, how am I supposed to act now? I've worked with a lot of animal rescue um, and helped a lot of dogs that were deemed unadoptable get, you know, into their forever homes. And we've seen such positive results with um, teaching these dogs, even after the incredible abuse that they'd been through and neglect that they'd been through, you know, they are totally forgiving and so resilient and so loving and unconditional that it taught me so much about, it's like, what if humans could get this, you know? What if we humans could get what the animals are teaching us about unconditional love and forgiveness and just living in the moment and just spreading joy. What if every human thought that was what they were here to do? You know, we would totally transform the planet. And this is what the, this is what the animals are, are helping me to understand and helping me to be. I just want to be better because of them. You know, I've often, there's a few things that people say about animals that are sort of these general ideas that I have trouble with. And one of them is this idea that their love is unconditional. Because I don't think it is. I, I think that when I, when I go into a home, I can tell almost immediately who the dog trusts the most. Immediately. Who Absolutely. they like the most. Who they listen to the most. They don't treat everybody the same because they're not, they're not treated the same. So what you give out is what you get back. And when someone abuses a dog or trains them with harsh methods, they may get obedience in the present, in that moment. They may get results. But they don't get that loyalty. They don't get the Rottweiler hound cross that will stick himself in front of a bear and not move, no matter what, without you even asking. They don't get that. You know, they don't get the, like the, the other day, there was a blind lady two weeks ago was in the news and a school bus careened into her when she was crossing totally legally and everything. She, he just missed it and he careened into her and the dog threw itself in front of the bus. It was okay. But I mean, you just don't get that when you don't treat them with respect and, and kindness in how you train them. You can be a strong leader without making them fear you or hurt them or manipulate them. I mean, there's, there's such a, a division between the methods and the results you get. So I kind of wanted to point that out. Also with forgiveness, um, some dogs hold a grudge. There, and there are certain breeds like beagles that don't, pugs don't. They just, they, you know, they'll forgive the kid who punched them because the kid has special needs and hasn't learned to behave well with animals on Monday is forgiven Tuesday. Okay, but there's other dogs like standard poodles. They will never forgive. They'll always have their eye on that kid as a possible reoffender. So you kind of have to pick your breeds for that total forgiveness. But I do agree with you that even the most victimized animals can learn to love again and can learn to trust again and can learn to forgive some people but they will often hold something some some really dark fear that they'll associate with people like the one who hurt them you know men with hats or some some crazy thing that takes you a while to figure out when you rescue this dog what it is that makes him so terrified oh it's the baseball hat okay you know so sometimes and you can work with that do you ever work with deprogramming these terrible fears Absolutely. Yeah. And exactly what I was, yeah, exactly how, what I was saying is exactly what you're, what you're saying too, is, you know, once you earn their trust and their respect, they'll follow you or do whatever, anything. They basically, what I, what I say to all, all people is 
most puppies are looking for two things, to play and to please. And if we can create a training program around that, then we really, and you know, giving them those clear boundaries and giving them clear direction of how we want them to make play into the training. You know, that's how I do things. I do skip therapy. I do skip, you know, I do skip controlled skipping. Um, with Your classes sound like fun. You sound like total fun, like the people are going to get in shape (laughs) too. Yeah, and and I love training kids to be the loving leader, just like you were saying, because, you know, they're pack animals. Animals are pack animals, especially when a dog comes into your home, he's, he's uniting your pack. He's part in, and he's seeing how does, how do I fit into this family, you know? And just exactly what you said, there's somebody who he, he or she, the dog, that looks, that looks up to, they, you know, they really have a high, high respect and will really, really listen to. There's, there's always somebody in the house that's, to them, the top dog, you, you know, that's the... And the thing is... So, is that okay, so, so the book, The Secret of Puppy Love, is that what this is yeah. about? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's actually a workbook. I made it so that I wanted to I wanted to set people up for success. So I wanted to give them a step by step guide to you know bringing their puppy home from a shelter and how to you know start from scratch, and um, and then I share true stories about different dogs that we've worked with uh, through the years, and then I leave um, a little journaling space for you to focus on your success so that you can notice um, the difference, you know, start from the beginning and see what are your thoughts? You know, what, when you first start, a lot of people don't realize they don't monitor their thoughts. They think, you know, Oh, I'm just going to get this dog and everything's going to be great. And I, and and I'm just going to have him in the backyard and I'll maybe take him for a walk once in a while. That is not going to work. You, when you commit to bringing a dog into your home and domesticating a dog, there is so much responsibility that it's not about responsibility. It's about opportunity. It's, it's, you have such an opportunity to create such an amazing bond that will be something that you can have and show and share. And Dogs are really willing to please, and they want to fit into your life. They just need you to show them how. And so often we show direction. them. Yeah. And so often people show them what bugs them, what they don't want, what they don't like, but they forget to show them what they do like. And so the animal ends up being a pest instead of a joy. And it's so easy and to tweak that. I, yeah. And that's what I was talking about with the law of attraction. You know, when you focus on the faults of the dog instead of really focusing on what you want the dog to do and really giving clear direction about how you want. I don't want you up on that couch. I don't want you jumping up on the couch. You can only jump up on the couch by invitation. So you want to make a really loud noise or you want to have a squirt bottle or something that's going to give a clear direction, something that's going to say, hey, I do not want you on this. This is going to be where I am. And if I call you up here, then you can come up. Otherwise, if you just let them run wild, you're, you're really not domesticating them and you're not giving them the clearest directions that, so you, you know, if you don't train them, don't blame them. 
That's what I say. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, if you give them a lot of attention for jumping up on that couch, even if it's yelling and scolding and, you know, you give them loads of attention for that, that's what you're going to see again. If you give them loads of attention for lying down beside the couch on their dog bed, that's what you're going to see again. So reward what you want to see, you know. But sometimes people do need some help. And if you need help, uh, you can uh, find Karen. You can find her at PositivelyPetsAndKids.com. We only have a few seconds left. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, wow. Thank you. I feel so, I I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. Could I just give you one little, one more little thing that I just sure. wanted to Be- share? Really quick. Um, yeah, really quick on, uh, on my, my next book is coming out on, thir- on this Tuesday, August t- 25th. And you can go okay. to PositivelyPetsAndKids.com slash kindness. And you can get that new book. It's called Global Kindness Going Viral. And it's my, I made a wish to see global kindness go viral. And I've used every sense of social media to have this message go viral, to help animals, to help children. I've been working to bring um, mindfulness and kindness to the schools, animal advocacy as part of a curriculum. Okay, everybody, so check it out. It's coming new, yeah. new book, Global Kindness. There's going to be a global kindness revolution. We hope it's going to go viral. So thank you very yeah. much, Karen. Everyone stay tuned. I'll be back with more Smart Animal Talk in a moment. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com, order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Pause Pet Talk Radio. And wow, this takes me back. I remember when this was happening and I was live on the air. I was talking about donations and requesting things and looking for foster homes and actually ended up with a bunch of Katrina dogs here at one point. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about hurricanes and Katrina, and it's 10 years on. And where are those dogs? Welcome to the show, Amy. Amy Robinson, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
So I see this footage even now. It doesn't look like the area has been fully restored. And I know there were some heartbreaking stories of dogs on roofs and dogs swimming through streets and cats rescued and makeshift shelters. I think Noah's wish was there at one point. What, um, what's been the fallout of Hurricane Katrina? Several things. First of all, I think we all learned that it's not practical to not evacuate people and pets together. In fact, after the storm, because it was such a disaster, the evacuation efforts, and because so many people were forced to leave their pets behind when uh, National Guardsmen and other people working with the government required them to get out of their homes into buses or even airlifted in helicopters and said, you absolutely cannot take the dog or the cat with you, even if it was a service animal. So there were some very tragic stories that had to do with people being airlifted off of roots and the roofs, and the dog is just standing there wondering what the heck is going on. So as far as the fallout after that, there was much criticism of the handling of it. And so the Stafford Act got the Pets Act added onto it. The Pets Act is pet emergency transportation um, safety. So we are looking at a situation where counties and, and cities and states are now required by law to come up with an evacuation plan that takes pets into account. Well, that's an improvement. Uh, I know you were there. You were there after Hurricane Katrina. What was it like? Well, it was very tough. It was really sad, but it was wonderful to be able to care for the pets that had been evacuated from the coast. And I was in Mississippi, which, uh, you know, everybody thinks New Orleans was super hard hit, and they certainly were, but their problems were more of a result of the levees breaking and the flooding than the actual force of the hurricane. In Mississippi, they had a tsunami-like wave that came in from the shore 12 miles. So it was quite an event. And in both states, emergency shelters were set up by larger groups like the Humane Society of the United States and ASPCA, Best Friends, among others. They then co-opted with uh, local groups and smaller groups, and it was really a everybody pitch in kind of an effort. And these large shelters were usually next to or very close by a human shelter. So ours in Mississippi was next to the Red Cross shelter for people. So in some cases, when uh, pets came into our shelter, they were actually found by people that were staying at the Red Cross shelter. So that was a good thing. But the day I arrived, we arrived at midnight. We drove from Vero Beach, Florida. It was about 15 hours. And the, the night we arrived, it was midnight. There were 900 dogs and about 175 Gosh. cats and various farm animals. And they wow. had that, they'd rented a fairgrounds facility with big permanent barns that were open air. Um, and so we used the barns and the stalls within the barns to put crates in, and in some cases, if two dogs came in together, they got a whole stall by themselves. Um, red dirt floors, which was actually a little bit cooler, and um, but extremely dirty and very, very hot. You know, when the hurricane clears out, 
high pressure moves in, sun's beating down all day, so we're talking about 100 degrees during the day in the shade. Oh, we, gosh. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Now, we were able to conjure up enough electricity during the day to run small fans, and so we would fan the dogs that looked like they were overheating or maybe they had extra hair um, and they just looked super stressed. Other dogs took it a lot better, and we were asked not to take any dogs outside the barn areas uh, in the middle of the day. We had to do it very early in the morning Mm -hmm. and then again like right at sunset or just after. You know, we're sort of touching on it here, but if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, my God, how would my dog do in such a situation? Well, the biggest thing you can do to help your dog is crate train it. Isn't that right? Let's let's yeah, talk about that a bit. that's exactly right. You know, a lot of these dogs did not have experience being crated, but the ones that did adjusted so much better. And so when you when you're thinking about evacuating with your pet, whether you're going to an emergency shelter or whether you're going to friends or family, you want to make sure that your dog or cat is able to get into a crate and be in there for, you know, a few hours at a time without being overly stressed. So to accomplish that, you want to start setting that up at home, leave the crate door open, toss in some delicious treats, should be something high quality, like not a dry biscuit, Uh, Cheese cubes cut in half work absolute wonders. And then once you see your animals start to go in willingly, then you can start to close the door for a few minutes at a time. This is, of course, assuming that your dog or cat doesn't know how to do this first. And then you might Yeah, and you make it really fun. You make it really silly. You make it part of real life. If it's only something that's used for punishment or only used when the animal's a baby and he doesn't see it for the next eight years, it's not going to be a comfortable place when he's at the vet or he's in transit or he has to be sent out of a fire zone. There's a lot of times when you unexpectedly need to get your dog into a crate and there's no fooling around. There's no time to train then. Now it's live or die. And if your dog bolts because the handlers are trying to put him in a crate and he's nervous, he's lost. That's it. He's not one of the ones who makes it. So it's yeah. really, really important. Okay, we, we only have a little bit of time left. Can you give them a website you want them to go to and find out more? Because I'm afraid we ran out of time today. Sure. So that is sniffandbarkins.com. Sniff and Barkins. Yes, Sniff and Barkins, B-A-R-K-E-N-S, sniffandbarkins.com. And what you've got there is some footage, isn't it? Yeah, there you're going to see a beautiful tribute video that we did to the Hero Pet Rescues of Hurricane Katrina. And we also um, have an interview with Wanda Merling, who is the Senior Manager of Disaster Animal Rescue with the HSUS. And she talks about what positive changes have have been made since then. During um, Hurricane Sandy, for example, the New York transit system allowed people to evacuate with their pets on trains, buses, everything. So kept everybody together, which was the goal. Yeah, that's really important. And there's been a a movement through North America to do the same for women seeking shelter from abuse. So they don't have to leave their pets behind and stay in an abusive relationship because the kids won't leave the dog or the 
mom won't leave the dog. And, uh, and I think that's, it's really important that we do this for people. So thank you very much for joining us today. New My law pleasure. means they won't be making you leave your dog behind when they rescue you. And Sniff and Barkins, that, that website, you can see some of these amazing rescues. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. So that's been Amy Robinson joining us to talk about hurricane preparedness. Get a kit, be prepared, food and water, a collapsible serving bowl, and a crate. First aid kit, add to it to make it a pet first aid kit. If you need information on that, you can find it at DebraWolfOnline.com, all about the pet first aid kit. Really important, and it doesn't take much to make a human pet first aid kit into an animal one. A magazine, a razor, a couple extra things thrown in, and you're good to go. So, until next week, from Smart Animal Talk and me, Deb Wolf, be good to your animals. From All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Your name.